Hello everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Isaac. And you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This podcast is a watch through of Avatar The Last Airbender. We will be discussing each episode in detail and giving our opinions on it. So stick around and be a part of the conversation. Just as a warning, this episode does feature spoilers from Avatar The Last Airbender. This is a teen rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone, to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. I am Isaac. And I'm Rachel. And today we will be talking about episodes 9 through 12 of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. So, these, episode 9. These episodes actually weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. Yeah. I had some pretty some pretty low standards for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, episode 9 is called The Waterbending Scroll. And this one, me and Rachel were talking about it. In the beginning, Aang wants to learn waterbending, obviously, because he's trying to learn all the elements to beat Ozai. <laughs> and Rachel was talking about how jealous Katara is. And it's kind of like, I get it that she's a teen, but how are you How are you going to let your jealousy get in front of the Avatar's path to save the world? <laughs> now, here, here's the thing that got me. is <clears throat> Obviously, it's normal to be jealous. Like, she wants to be a great waterbender. Um, and then here Aang comes, the Avatar, and he's just a natural at it. Makes sense. So then she's like, I'm so... She gets upset at him. And then she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, here's the scroll. I don't want it anymore. And then later, she takes it late at night to practice. So she really did want it. So she lied to him then. And then continued practicing it. And then got captured by Zuko. And the beginning of the story is them, like, going to into a little city. And then her they go into, like, a pirate ship where pretty much everything is stolen. She wants the water reading scribe, takes it, well, steals it, and they chase after and they get away. But then Zuko's also looking for them, and they end up finding them because she's out waterbending using this uh, scroll late at night. Yeah. So it was ultimately her uh, own intentions or jealousy? I had a favorite part, and it was literally... So they all get captured. Sokka and... and, um, (laughs) anger there and then Katara's like I'm so sorry it's all my fault and Aang's like no it's not and then Iroh right next to her goes yeah it kind of is and I just burst out laughing because right when she was like it's all my fault and Aang said no it's not I thought the same thing and then Iroh says it and the way he says it was just like thank god someone said it because it was all your fault Katara you need to get yourself under control yeah and that I, was pretty much like, I felt like that was that episode. It, there really wasn't too much to it. It wasn't boring, but it wasn't super entertaining, you know? Yeah, it was like the start of Aang's first official bending, I guess, water bending practice. It's something other than um, air. Yeah. I was like, wait, what did he bend first? <laughs> what, <laughs> what is he is, again? What is he? <laughs> um, so then on to episode 10. It is called Jet. And I know me and Rachel, for a fact, we're dreading this episode just because, for me at least, Jet has always been that character that's just kind of there. He's just, he wants Katara, and he's very, like, selfish to the point where he's going to kill an entire village. So... You know, with Jet, I feel like people over-romanticize him as a yeah. character. 
and I cannot stand his character. That episode, I just, besides the fact that there's a character named Smellerby, there's nothing else entertaining <laughs> to me about it. I mean, it's it's cool to see, like, the, the gang, the group, like Sokka, Katara, and Aang's group become closer, I guess. Yeah, with another group. And then save a village. And it's just, it, it's a time for Sokka to shine, and that's what I like about it. But Jet, his character in general, never liked... I just, he, especially this episode, it just annoys me. And I guess, I mean, it's not as bad as I always imagine. I mean, leading up to it, I had really low expectations and I watched it. I'm like, okay, this is, it is a really entertaining episode. I give you that. But I just don't like Jet. And I feel like so many people love this episode. The one thing I do like about him is his character design and the way he looks. And um, the two kind of like hook swords he uses to like even zip line on things. I think that's really cool. They're very unique. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. They're unique. But it starts out with... And at least, like, I can I can accept the fact that he has a good cause, but he's let his anger and resentment towards the Fire Nation literally make him evil, you know? Yeah. And Katara is so blinded by how attractive he yeah. is to her that she's like, oh, I'm going to choose him over my brother because Jet could do no wrong, even though I've only known him for five minutes. Yeah. It's like just Katara, she these these four episodes she annoyed me so much like the the first eight we watched it was like okay I've always liked Katara but these I forgot how annoying she is in these episodes. But one thing I will say about the next eight episodes is Sokka is right and nobody thinks he is so they just don't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what one this of episode... these episodes. That's this episode right here. Is it's his? Um, they're talking about his intuition, I guess, following his gut. Yeah. That's pretty much all with that episode. But I the think. beginning of the episode, um, Jet and his whole crew come in to save the yeah, game. Yeah, they, do, they but do save him. I feel like they could have, like, uh, Aang could have gotten out of it without Jet's help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, I agree, but. They obviously had to introduce the character. One thing I really love about this episode is the setting and the like autumn looking yeah. trees and the Where fact that their live, whole village is up in the trees. That is boss. Like that to me, when I was a kid watching that, that is what I wanted as a lifestyle. Yeah. A treehouse lifestyle. <laughs> I was all for that. Still am. It looked really boss. Yeah. So on to episode 11, this episode is called The Great Divide. And it's about two, I guess, villages. Earthbender. Earthbending villages. Yeah, or cultures, I guess, clashing. Yeah. You have, like, the really neat, sophisticated ones. Pompous. Yeah, and then the really, like, laid-back. laid-back. Nasty. Nasty. (laughs) Savagery. And this this episode I've always really liked because it shows Aang developing as the Avatar because the Avatar isn't just mastering the four elements but bringing peace to the world yeah and in this episode you get to see him do that and you get to see katara and Sokka. um i mean it starts out with them arguing which is kind of i guess like a foreshadowing to what the episode is actually about so they're arguing and then i feel like each group kind of represents katara and Sokka in a way that's right, because then Sokka goes off with the more savage group. And he's, like, group. totally agreed with them, and then yeah. Katara's totally agreeing with the other group. And it's just, it's one of those episodes where it's it's really cool, and it's, what I thought was really funny was, you know, these two groups 
work together to get out of this cave because they're stuck in a cave because the earthbender that was with them broke his arms. How convenient. <laughs> well, they're trying to get past like this canyon, aren't they? Yeah, and then the cave crawlers or the like little... Yeah, the Aang, Aang specifically says, we need a whole day without food because if you bring food down here, then the crawlers are going to come out and try mm-hmm. to get us all. And they Which, both... Yeah, they both, both smuggle in food. food. But they get out and they realize that, you know, maybe the other group isn't as bad as one another thought. And even the I the the reason for their feud is different for both sides. Yeah. And so Aang tells them, like, hey, I may not look it, but I'm 112 years old. And I remember when these people were alive. And he makes up a story saying that they were kids, like babies, playing a game of soccer. And that's how the whole thing unfolded. That it actually wasn't these grown adults as explained to these tribes. Yeah. One thing I really love about um, the tribes um, kind of like history with each other is the fact that it was this idea of like the sun. What is that in Greek mythology? It's like the chariot. I forget yeah. his name, but it's a it's a Greek god or something like that. But basically one tribe's... It was one tribe's um, duty to carry this like magical orb what is from one... It was, like, from the east to the west. Is that right? Something like that. One was to carry the orb. Yeah, and then the other one got in the way or something like that? No, what what had, I guess, happened... It's different for each story. What had happened was... (laughs) So it's hard to explain it because it's different on each side. But essentially they were saying, like, one was delivering it, and one crew believes that the guy came and stole it and went off. And the other crew says that the guy delivering the orb wanted the other guy to take it because he had hurt himself and it needed to get to where it needed and they arrested him. It's like a whole shebang of random stories still connected. Yeah, but I actually... It's the perfect example of miscommunications and like the game telephone where over time the story has changed and it's not near... It's almost like I feel like history in a way. Yeah. Like history books. That's why history always makes me... I question it sometimes because it's like, okay, but how true is what we have in history? Because over time, stories are bound to change and people like to exaggerate or claim things that are not their own. Or if one side lost, they'd be like, oh, we put up a good fight and barely lost or something like that. I yeah. Don't know. This is, but this show, um, well, this episode specifically is a good example of that. But what I liked about what Aang said to them to get them to realize that you know, what they both had been told wasn't true is something he made up. Yeah. Katara and Aang was like, wow, how lucky of you to experience that, like, gone through that. And he's like, is it luck or is it just a lie? Because that's all they needed was literally someone to tell them that what they're feuding over is stupid. And Aang did that by, you know, saying a little white lie. But now their tribes came together as one. Yeah. And they were able to go. Were they going to um, Ba Sing Se? Weren't they? I think so. Um, one thing I really love about this episode is the, when they're explaining each tribe's backstory, you have the more, like, pompous, um, uniform tribe. Their animation style for their backstory is very cut and clean. And then the savagery side of the tribes, um, their animation is, like, very cartoony. Yeah. Like, jagged edges. They did a really good job representing each tribe, um, I guess... In that way. I want to say, like, in animation, but the show itself is an animation, so... Well, they did, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It was different, but it was... It made sense. Yeah, for sure. 
So, going into the next episode, episode 12, it is called The Storm. And can I just say, this is my favorite episode so far. Yeah, this episode is good. I don't really remember, I don't even think I remember any of this episode when I watched it before, but this episode is like the start of a new avatar, I guess. Like, this is what catapults all of them into the main Mm storyline, for real. We said that last time. I know. <laughs> like, no. Well, each... this is for real. <laughs> I feel like each um, slew of episodes does that, but this one especially because for so long, not so long, for like 12 episodes, people have been wanting to know what the backstory was for Aang and Zuko. Like, how did Aang get into the iceberg? What was the backstory behind that? And you learn that in this episode while also learning at the same time how Zuko got his scar mm-hmm. and how he became. Um, like, became this angry teen who's, like, trying to get back his honor, you know? Yeah, you, you understand both sides and why they make the decisions they make now or, or what has what has affected their, deci- their decisions thus far, which is really interesting because you get Aang's point of view, and like Isaac said, we've been wondering, you know, like, why did he freeze himself in an iceberg or what happened? You get a little glimpse of that, but in this episode, it explains it. And, you, and if you put yourself in his shoes, at least for me, like, if I was 12 years old and I was told I was the Avatar early on, because here's the thing, is they told them, we were going to wait till you were 16. But they're like, there's already stuff happening, we need you to do this yeah, now. Yeah, there's so a war that started, there's a storm. Not only is he being told before he should, but now they're pushing him into it hardcore, and he just wants to be a kid. And as soon as everyone finds out he's the Avatar, the kids don't want to play with him, and he has to go train, and it's just, it's a lot to put on a 12-year-old kid, It's a you culture know? shock and lifestyle change that nobody is ready for and he had no and he had no like gradual time into it it was just like okay you're the avatar you have to move forward we need you yeah and so it sucks that he left when he did because obviously they did need him but he's 12 you know it's it's understandable there's a really sad part um what's his name monkey otto is basically ang's dad is what we learned from this yeah and kind of yeah his guardian and Right after Aang leaves, he leaves like a little scroll saying like where he went and why he did what he's doing. And as Monk Gyatso is walking into Aang's room to find him, he's like, I won't let them take you away. Yeah. And it's just so sad because like if Aang would have stayed there, you know. Well, and Aang even says that was the last time I saw him. And, and then, that's what's sad. Which makes episode three, when they go to the Southern Air Temple, yeah. even sadder because he sees I the death the same thing. of Monk Gyatso. I was like, man. Yeah, it makes you, it does make you feel bad for him because everything he has known is gone, you know, and he's having to restart. And now he's having to restart and realize like, hey, I need to grow up because it's, it's up to me now to save the world. Yeah. Um, Which I guess is the same situation he was in when he left. So did him phrasing himself really do much? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think this episode is so cool because you have present day where the gang is at and there's a huge storm on its way. And as this storm approaches, that is when the backstory of both Aang and Zuko starts. It's like the buildup of all of it. Yeah, and in a way... Zuko was going through his own storm in that backstory, and so was Aang in a literal storm. Mm-hmm. On top of having this storm, there's a lot of storms, in present day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of connecting the two storylines into one. And there's even a point where um, Sokka went off with a fisherman to go get some money for them. And there's obviously a storm, 
So Sokka is stuck out sea. They're about to die. And Aang and Katara go on Appa to go find him. And as they're going to find him, Zuko actually comes in contact and sees the Avatar and is like, no, let them be. So there's just like this change of pace, I feel like. You know what's really... I'm and I'm getting this realization while we're talking about it, this episode specifically. And I, I can't say much because we'll talk about it later when it actually does come up. But the connection Aang and Zuko have, you know, spiritually, I guess. True. They're starting, so in tune. It's starting to... It's starting to show right now. It's starting to kind of seep through the through episodes, because even um, that will the next episode we'll talk about on the next podcast. But that one alone right there shows you their relationship and the things that go on, and it's just it's really cool because right now where we're at in the show things are starting to change because it's been Zuko chasing them for so long. Like I need to get my honor back. I need to get my honor back. And now you're starting to see his character start to think differently. And I think Iroh has a lot to do with that too. Oh, definitely. He's de- he he changes his point of view a lot and or you know changes Zuko's point of view or makes his makes makes him more aware of his surroundings. And so even though Zuko yells at him and acts out, he still takes moments to realize that what his uncle is saying might have some truth to it. Yeah. And because of that, you see him developing as a character. And Zuko's character development, I've said this and talked about it multiple times, is by far one of the most amazing character developments in all of television history. Yeah, every second with him, I feel like, on screen is his character changing. And it just, like, the way they did that is amazing. I feel like he's never the same character in the beginning of the episode as he is at the end. And that's what is so so crazy and absolutely interesting about his character is that development, even within each episode. Yeah. One thing that happens that I was like, what already? Iroh, is it like, it's lightning bending, right? Yeah. In the storm, he did that. Yeah. He kind of like channels. And it made it, it made me think of uh, Korra when I watched it the first time. Because they're talking about how you have to channel the lightning through your body. That's the first time you see Iroh really do something. Yeah. And it's boss because it's... Which makes sense. This episode is is perfect for Iroh to start his journey as well. And this is the first episode you see Azula. You just see her in the crowd. You don't see her talk. Yeah, she's in the backstory. And you see Ozai. Is it the first episode you see? You see like... Glimpse. You don't actually see him. You don't see his face, but it's literally him. You hear him talk. Yeah. And then Iroh bends, does lightning bending of all, not even just fire bending. So it's just, it's really cool because you get so much in one episode. So much backstory. like Character development, backstory, actually entertaining stuff. I feel like for the first 12 episodes of this series, they have been focusing on the past. And, you know, these characters can't really get over their past, especially like Zuko. But this is finally the time where they're like, okay, something needs to change. That's a really good point. And we're finally going to catapult them into present day and kind of help them get over their um, trauma. 100% see that. Now that you said that, it makes total sense because they are. It's just them leading up to their past. In this moment right here, I think Zuko and Aang both realize that this is my past and I need to let go of some stuff and move forward. Obviously, there's still glimpses to their past, and their past is still going to be brought up, but it's that really pivotal moment where you're just like, okay, I need to stop living in the past and move forward, because if I don't, I'm going to be stuck here. Yeah, and I don't even think it was 
I mean, obviously it wasn't their own choice to kind of relive their past and get over it, but it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And can I just say, it has been so, so hard not to just binge watch the entire yeah. series because <laughs> right now, in this point, it is so interesting and I can't get enough, but I know if I keep watching, it, it's going to, I'm going to forget the episode's details yeah. that I want to share on the podcast so I'm like trying to limit myself and I'm telling Isaac I'm like this is too hard I just want to watch it so we're making sacrifices for this podcast yeah I hope you guys are <laughs> aware of that <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways that is going to be it for episodes 9 through 12 yes if you guys are listening along or you are watching any of the episodes or happen to let us know your opinions on it because we may have missed something that you picked up on or vice versa and we want to know what you have to say about it yeah and like favorite characters favorite storyline uh, yeah. favorite Who's backstory your favorite character right now right now it's hard i like all of them right now um i don't like katara Ooh, <laughs> i would say probably ang iroh zuko those are like my main three I, it's really hard for me right now because Sokka's finally developing into the character I love because I love Sokka's character. Probably my favorite, if not one of my top favorite characters. And Zuko right now is starting to, to grow on me, you know? But yeah. Sokka right now, Aang, Aang will always be a favorite, but I've picked him the last few times, so I'm going to go with Sokka this one. Because <laughs> Sokka's character is really, it's starting, he's starting to really develop and I don't know how you can not like Sokka. Yeah. But anyways, I am Isaac. And I'm Rachel. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Let's Talk Avatar. I'm Isaac. And I'm Rachel. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com. On Instagram under nonessentialmedia. On Twitter at nonessentialm. And on Facebook by searching nonessentialmedia. Join us next week for another episode of Let's Talk Avatar. We We love love the Unagi. Unagi.